Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Sullivan County Democrat Podcast Weekly News Review. I'm co-editor Joseph Abraham, and here are some of the week's top stories. We're first going to start with some of the main articles that were in Tuesday's newspaper. Earlier this month, Sullivan County Partnership for Economic Development President slash CEO Mark Baez gave a laundry list of new businesses that are either coming to the county or plan to open soon. Appearing at the county legislature's Economic Development Committee meeting, Baez discussed how before COVID-19 hit, the county's unemployment rate was historically low, and now they are working to bring it back to those pre-pandemic levels. He said, quote, we're really bullish on what's going to happen and how we're going to turn back around once everyone gets vaccinated. We think the unemployment rate is a problem, but we see a lot of projects on the docket. Some of those projects include the Elder Preserve, Chatwell Lodge, Seminary Hill, and Calicoon Hills, which are all projects slated to open soon. In addition to Marshalls, which recently opened in the town of Thompson, the Cartwright Resort and Indoor Water Park is reopening later this month. Baez quickly outlined some of the projects that are being proposed around the county. A consumer goods manufacturer is on the short list for a site behind the closed Apollo Mall in the town of Thompson. Baez said that would provide 60 jobs. And in the town of Bethel, a company is looking to open a glamping destination. Glamping, which stands for glamorous camping, is a new trend, and the company plans to build tree houses that would have many accommodations. Baez said, quote, we feel pretty good about where we're going to go barring any setbacks. He also said one major issue, which was one even before the pandemic, is finding enough employees to fill all the job openings. He said they are working with SUNY Sullivan to build a partnership with students, particularly in the hospitality and tech sectors. He also reported that a boutique hotel is proposed for the old Grossinger's Resort in Liberty. He said he couldn't comment further and that the plans are conceptual. The once world famous hotel closed permanently in the 90s after years of success. Grossinger's Resort was part of the Borscht Belt and attracted many famous guests as well as Jewish clients from New York City. It's also well known as the inspiration for the film Dirty Dancing. In other news, the quick response by local members of law enforcement saved lives in the Village of Liberty and in Kerhonkson. We'll first start by taking a look at Village of Liberty police officer Andrew Cross. When he reported for work on Tuesday, March 23rd, he had little idea of what the day would bring. As the Democrat previously reported, a motor vehicle accident involving a Ford Taurus and a sanitation truck on Chestnut Street left the Village of Liberty Department of Public Works employees seriously injured. Officer Cross was the first to respond to the accident. Village of Liberty Police Chief Scott Kinney said upon arriving on scene, Officer Cross quickly realized that this was not a simple accident. Eric Bradley, a Village of Liberty Public Works employee, had been struck by a motor vehicle pinning him against the garbage truck, nearly severing his left leg from his body. This horrific injury caused Bradley to almost immediately lose massive amounts of blood. By the time Officer Cross reached Bradley, his condition was so severe that Bradley was having trouble breathing due to the blood loss. Recognizing that this was a life-threatening injury and time was running out, Chief Kenny described how Officer Cross, quote, immediately and without hesitation, retrieved a tourniquet from his pocket and applied it to what was left of Bradley's leg. For his actions that day, Cross was presented with a life-saving medal at a recent Village of Liberty board meeting. A little more than a week later on April 1st, White Lake Fire Police Captain Matt Copeland saved an elderly man from a vehicle fire in Kerhonkson while working for Fallsburg Lumber. As Copeland and a co-worker got closer to the accident scene, they realized the vehicle was on fire and that the accident had just happened. 
Copeland then rushed to the scene. As he approached the car, flames were coming up the windshield. The driver, an older gentleman, was still in the vehicle and looking to collect his things. Knowing time was of the essence, Copeland pulled the man out of the vehicle. Just after doing so, flames burst into the car. Copeland got the driver to safety and signaled to his co-worker to retrieve the fire extinguisher from their truck. Unfortunately, at that point, it was too late to put out the flames. Soon after, a state trooper and nearby fire company showed up and Copeland returned to his job making deliveries. His actions were praised by White Lake Fire Chief Joshua Cunningham. To read more about the heroic efforts of Copeland and Cross, you can check out both stories from Tuesday's paper at scdemocratonline.com. Now taking a look at some of the top stories in today's paper, the Skinner's Falls Bridge, which connects Coshecton, New York to Milanville, Pennsylvania, has been closed since failing a safety inspection in 2019 and continues to be a hot topic in the community. The Pennsylvania Department of Transportation, or PennDOT, is currently asking residents what they would like to see happen with the bridge. Three options are currently on the table. Rehabilitate the bridge, build a new bridge, or close it permanently. A public hearing was held virtually on March 30th, and around 150 people showed up to voice their opinions. After the meeting, a group of concerned citizens banded together to urge PennDOT to preserve the historic bridge, making a, quote, Save the Skinner's Falls slash Milanville Bridge Facebook page. The group says, quote, PennDOT is threatening to destroy this beautiful structure and pave the way for huge trucks coming through historic downtown Milanville. This will destroy the heart and soul of one of the most pristine and beautiful towns along the Delaware. PennDOT has not made any determinations yet. The public comment period has been extended to April 30th, and people can submit comments to Skinner's Falls Bridge at aecom.com. PennDOT is completing a planning and environmental linkages study to identify potential alternatives that could be evaluated and determine a path forward. They said, quote, The study represents a collaborative and integrated approach that will consider community, environmental, historic, and economic goals. PennDOT and the New York State Department of Transportation are seeking input from the community to better understand how to move forward to meet local transportation needs within realistically available financial resources. For more on the topic, check out today's front page story by Isabel Braverman. Shifting focus to the academic world, the string of good news continues for SUNY Sullivan, which was recently named the top community college in the state and 14th best college in the state overall by Intelligent.com, was a recipient of an approximately $231,000 donation from the board of directors of the old Roscoe Nursing Home. Since coming to SUNY Sullivan, Vice President for Academic and Student Affairs Dr. Keith Palmacoy said one of the requests he's received the most is to start an LPM program. And now with this donation, an LPM program is closer to fruition. Palmacoy noted that the LPM program is currently in the planning stage and that it will eventually need state approval, which is a multi-year process. He said the college has an idea of what the LPN program would look like and that they will hire an instructor who will be responsible for developing the curriculum. How soon the program can be started will depend on the time it takes the state to respond once the curriculum is developed. SUNY Sullivan's nursing program has been growing. When Director of Nursing Laura Northrup came on board in June 2019, the program had 13 graduates. SUNY Sullivan's nursing program currently has 56 freshmen on track to graduate in May 2022, and this year there are 36 students on track to graduate. For more about the college's future nursing plans, check out today's article by yours truly. Nurses and other medical personnel have been busy with the COVID-19 pandemic, whether it's treating patients or making sure they get vaccinated. 
and beginning on April 6th, all New Yorkers 16 years of age and older were eligible to receive the COVID-19 vaccine. Those who are 18 and older can get any of the FDA-approved for emergency use authorization vaccines, but 16 and 17-year-olds can only get Pfizer. Vaccination efforts are ramping up, but the supply from the federal government is still limited. The state and local governments are prioritizing those at highest risk, including people of color, those with comorbidities, and those in essential jobs with daily interaction with the public. On Wednesday, Governor Cuomo said, quote, New York is increasing its testing, increasing its vaccination efforts, and making sure vaccines are available, free, and equitable. As of Wednesday, 206,178 doses have been administered across the state's fast distribution network in the last 24 hours, and more than 1.4 million doses have been administered over the past seven days. In Sullivan County, 21,963 people have received at least one dose, and 13,360 people have completed the vaccine series, according to data from the New York State COVID-19 Vaccine Tracker. Statewide, 21.7% of the population have completed the vaccine series. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention recently came out with guidelines for people who are fully vaccinated, such as traveling without quarantining. You should still take precautions like wearing a mask, staying six feet apart from others, and avoiding crowds and poorly ventilated spaces. On Wednesday, Governor Cuomo also said, now that all New Yorkers are eligible to receive the vaccine, it is critical that no one is left behind in our efforts to get New York vaccinated. I encourage all New Yorkers to do the right thing and protect themselves and their communities by getting their vaccine. That concludes this edition of the Sullivan County Democrat Podcast Weekly News Review. As always, you can check out more podcasts such as these on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, and Overcast. You can also check out articles on scdemocratonline.com, follow us on social media, and call 845-887-5200 if you're interested in subscribing or just want to chat with one of the friendly members of our staff. Until next time, we wish everyone a happy and healthy week.